Good evening. I'm Carlo Gabler, and I'm delighted to be able to welcome you to the Irish Cultural Centre's Digital Literary Festival. The centre is based in Hammersmith, London, England, where it has been for the past 25 years and has delivered to its patrons the most diverse Irish cultural and educational programme outside Ireland. The festival comprises a week-long series of interviews featuring some of the most successful authors in contemporary Irish writing. They will be discussing their most recent publications and sometimes reading from them. My interview this evening is with Colin McCann, the author and educator and can we describe you, sir, as a social activist? I think we can. As long and as you don't say it. <laughs> and I can call you sir or what no <laughs> social activist is great yes thank you you are a social activist but you're a, I mean a remarkable um, a remarkable writer I've read many of your novels I've talked to you about your novels before you know no doubt my opinion this is the novel that we're discussing now this afternoon is a peregrine and it's a remarkable book I'm a very simple-minded fellow, and I'd like to draw your attention to um, what it says on the title page. It says, a paragon, a novel, Colin McCann. So it has, yeah, it has those three pieces of information. And essentially, in reverse order, that's, that's what I'm going to talk to you about. So first of all, who is Colin McCann? Then... What is a novel? And then, what is this novel? What is an Aperigan? Who are the real-life people, Rami and Basan, and their wives and children, and their kith and kin groups who you write about, and their complicated lives in Palestine, Israel, and so on. So, but let's start with you. Um, where do you come from? Huh. And how did you get to America? Huh. Can I first say that what a pleasure it is to see you, to talk to you uh, across the oceans. Uh, yes. You know, um, and uh, what a fan I am of your work. And you know that too, down, 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 down through the years. We've been, we've been, uh, you know, we've been in the trenches together at, 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 at various times. And, um, you know, to get a chance to, 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 to sit here and to have a, an hour where we can, um, we can sort of um, go over some of this is such, a, such an absolute pleasure for me. And um, I deeply appreciate it. And I so appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, this isn't really work for me at all. No, no. <laughs> it's no. easy. For you. That's, I mean, it, for me, um, you know, to do an interview like this is is, is work. But then you do get to explore. Um, one of the things that I have um, discovered as a as a journalist is that I I prefer asking the questions than answering the questions. But I'll try to answer your question a little bit. I'm originally um, for my sins from dear old dirty derelict Dublin. Um, and um, I grew up uh, the son of a journalist uh, who worked for the Evening Press, Sean McCann, uh, in a house of books, um, surrounded by books, uh, you know, Ben Kiley books and Brendan Bean books. And um, there was no wallpaper in the house. It was all books, books, books. And um, at the age of 17, I went to the, the, to, to the States, came back and worked in the newspapers in Dublin for uh, a couple of years. And um, actually, even had a page in um, in one of the national papers. There, um, it was oh, Carlo. Carl, it was dreadful, dreadful, dreadful stuff. It was about you know um, who was seen down in the Pink Elephant nightclub, uh, you know, the week before, <laughs> and you know, just stuff like that. It was awful. But um, after four years of that, at the age of twenty-one, um, I sort of gave it up and, and said, "I'm going to go to the states and try and write a uh, a novel." I sort of inspired, I suppose, somewhat by you know the the, the Ferlinghetti, the Beats, Ginsburg, uh, Kerouac generation, and um, I got to um, to Cape Cod, bought myself a typewriter, uh, much like this old typewriter that you have here. I don't know if you can see it. Yes, uh, kind of there. Um, and um, I um, started to, 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 to write away. And at the end of like about six months, uh, I had literally nothing 
done. Uh, I had maybe a page and a half of, 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 of gobbledygook. And I had to look at myself and say, you know, who are you? You know, you, you, you consider yourself a young journalist and, 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 and so on. And you think you're going to be able to write a novel, but you are actually not able to write a novel. And so um, I embarked on a journey then for the next year and a half where I took a bicycle um, across the United States. Um, so started in Boston, down to Florida, across to New Orleans, into Texas, into Mexico, back up through New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, finishing all the way a year and a half later, a completely changed person uh, coming across the Golden Gate Bridge having listened to people's stories and, 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 and having sort of been on the road, uh, sleeping out all the time in a tent, um, you know, and, and, you know, on an 18 wheeler bicycle and, and, but, but sort of, um, changed by what I now think of, uh, Carlo as the, I suppose the democracy of stories and storytelling and learning how to, to, to listen to people. So that was my formation, um, as a writer, after that, uh, I went to Texas and then I went to university down in Texas where I started to write, really write and to publish short stories and I started to get published after two years in Japan as well, uh, around, the, around about the age of 28 or so. So that's uh, 25, 27 years ago. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, you can clearly tell from reading A Peregrine that a moment ago you referred to yourself as a journalist. Um, you're much more than a journalist, but your ability to control and sequence complex fact in an interesting way is, which was established when you were young, is um, really considerable. And secondly, your, you, you spoke about going on this bicycle odyssey and listening. I'm sure you were listening before, but you probably listened even more when you were cycling. Your book, A Peregrine, on one level, is a whole set of story tributaries which feed into a great river. And all of these story tributaries or streams you've picked up, your ear, which was developed on that bicycle ride, is really working. Um, so perhaps all those years ago, everything that you did was preparation to write this. I didn't know it at the time, but I think you're, 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 you're absolutely right. I certainly wasn't conscious of it. There were days I was on that bicycle and I was thinking, what the hell am I doing? You know, I had a job in a newspaper. I had insurance. I had money. Now I'm out on the road. I'm hungry. Uh, I don't know where I'm going I'm going to sleep tonight. I don't know who I'm going to meet. And, uh, you know, there, there, there were some tough, tough, tough days. And I said to myself, why am I doing this? But, you know, years later, um, you know, it became absolutely apparent. Um, and I think we should all do at least one thing that in our lives that doesn't compute. You know, I have um, a 23-year-old, a 21-year-old and a 17-year-old now. Um, and that's a scary thing for a parent to think that the kids should get, you know, out and about and do something... I don't know, do something a little, uh, a little daring, do something a little reckless. But, but, but I like that recklessness of spirit. Um, and I think there was something, I don't know if you'd agree, if there was something Irish about that, uh, mm. that, that sort of like um, engagement, the recklessness that led into story, that led into storytelling. Um, and, um, but it was, it, it, it was a great freedom for me. Uh, and I felt entirely liberated by other people, not so much by myself, uh, but by other people. I mean, you're a, when you say Irish, your account reminds me of you know, Singh, you know, tramping around the congested districts, right. sleeping in cow sheds and listening. Yeah. Um, so something has happens to you at some point which brings you into the world of the characters who are also real people. This is a novel right on the fault line between fact and fiction. Uh, real people, a man called Rami, an Israeli a graphic artist and a man called Bassam, who is a Palestinian social activist. Sometime he was in Fatah, wasn't he? Yeah. Or he was accused of being in Fatah anyway. He did a, yeah. He, yeah. He did yeah. a prison yeah. term. Yeah. Um, so something brings you into the lives of these two extraordinary men. And you then, that then moves you to produce this, this novel called Peregrine. Tell us, what, what was that? 
Well, I mean, there's so many, there's so much in in in, in that question that I think that we should uh, we, we should we should uh, unpack, especially this whole idea of uh, fact and 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 fiction and yeah. where 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 they lie. But 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 a, a little bit of the facts first. Um, you know, I wrote a novel called um, Transatlantic, which was largely to do uh, with um, you know the Northern Irish peace process um, uh, in 1998. And just thinking of John Hume right now, so. Um, mm-hmm passed away a couple of days ago um and those extraordinary people who um well you know even better than i who uh you know uh, were able to 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 bring about um at least a, a you know there's a there's a, a piece it's a shaky piece but 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 there's a piece there in northern ireland and then i i, I was um, really fascinated by what might be happening um, in the Middle East, uh, and some of the people bringing up the idea that that that, that things that happened in in, in Ireland could ha- also happen in the Middle East. Of course, uh, it's not really uh, ever going to be that way. You can't replicate these these really incredibly complicated, um, you know, uh, species of 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 peace, if you will, um, and they're, they're they're not absolutely replicable in in each place. But I wanted to go there, and and I was curious. And I was also incredibly, incredibly ignorant of what was going on. I did not know. And I'm not shamed now to tell you that in, 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 in any way, that it, it was too complicated for me. And this leads into the fact and the fiction uh, right now, because one of the things that I truly believe these days is that we're scared of saying, um, I don't know, or it's too complicated for me, or I, I, I am confused by, by, by all of this. So much so that we're, we're all sort of coming indoors, we're sitting in our rigid little boxes, and these boxes are our ideas, and these ideas, uh, you know, uh, they're delineated for us, and we can never sort of like be, you know, break out of them. We can't be messy, uh, you know, anymore. Um, and, and, and one of the things that I think fiction can do uh, to nonfiction uh, is increase the messiness that's going on in terms of human experience. I like the idea of us saying, you know, I am large, I contain multitudes. Do I contradict myself? Very well, then I contradict myself. And so I went to um, Israel and Palestine with Narrative Four, which is a group that I that, that 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 I work with, a story exchange organization, primarily for young people, and toured around. And was there for two weeks. And at the end of two weeks, I was in this little town of Beit Jala, uh, which is outside Bethlehem, uh, you know, right near Jerusalem. It was four o'clock in the afternoon. It was dark. It was rainy. It was pretty miserable. I was tired. I'd been overserved the night before. And, you know, all of these things. And I go into this room, up the stairs, into the room, and two men are sitting there as you say, Rami and, and, and Bassan. And within half an hour, I have to say, my world was blown open by the fact that these men told the stories of how they had lost their daughters to the conflict and how they travel around the world now, uh, telling the stories in a sort of Shahrazad notion that, that, that uh, in a way that they're, they're, they're bringing their kids alive again by mm-hmm. telling stories. And um, I walked out of there, they wrote on a napkin, uh, for me, harness the power of your grief. Because I was, I mean, I was, um, I was in floods of tears, um, and it really, really, really affected me to 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 hear these men talk. I thought that they were doing it for the first time ever. It felt to me that they were doing it for the first time ever. I didn't know that they'd already done this thousands of times before. Sometimes three or four times a day, maybe even twice before that particular day. It felt like the story was designed only for me. And then I realized, oh no, they tell this story all the time, over and over and over again. And what would happen, uh, you know, if I could bring that story out into um, uh, the the wider world and what sort of responsibility did I have here? Um, And how could I write a novel about two men who were there and who are, you know, literally, I can poke them in the the chest. Um, what, What does it mean to write a novel? What does fiction mean? What does nonfiction mean? Well, I think, you know, um, the, it all comes down to stories and storytelling. And when you merge uh, fiction, uh, the, the real and the imagined, uh, you, if, if you're honest you, and you could get an honest cocktail out of it, that is the thing that, 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 that you should drink. And, and, and um, you know, it, I, I will always say that this is a novel because it imagines so much about it. But uh, when Rami and Bassam read the book, they, they, they find it to be 
entirely honest um, in, in, in their point of view. They've been, and they've been extraordinary people uh, mm. in sort of letting me into the story. So these are real people, but by calling it a novel, it being a novel, you have license to stroke access to their interiority. Exactly. So I'll just, just give one tiny little example of that. There's a remarkable section towards the end of the book where Rami is taught, he, he is in Sinai on, in a war and he finally gets a gun. There's been stuff earlier about him not having a gun, the gun not working. And he, he, he talks about killing. And then you, the, the book is done in short chapters. You have him, you explain that he's told his, his sons at different points when he's got them alone. And then you have the line, but they knew anyway. Mm. And if it, was a non, if it was a straight nonfiction book, people would go, how did they know anyway? I mean, if he says he didn't sit down and tell them, then he didn't tell them. So, but you and I know that in the osmotic world of the unconscious in a family, everybody knows everything. Nothing need be said, but you just get it. So you have that license and you're able to do that all the time. There's another extraordinary section where Bassam is watching his wife after they've moved to their new house in Jericho. And she finds a child's inflatable thing um, and she blows it up. And he knows that she's thinking about her dead daughter. Wow. So you have a character who has access to another character's interior world, but it's fiction, but it's mm. also true. So this gives it a very strange power, but by calling it a novel, you defend yourself against people who go, but you can't say that, you don't know. Right, right. It, it, it was, uh, you know, it was such a, and thank you for bringing up those examples and you read it so, so incredibly closely. Um, I, you know, I'd almost forgotten about the little moment where she, she blows into the armband and she blows up the air and then she tucks it away in the, in, 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 in the corner of the couch. And, uh, you know, um, that didn't happen uh, as far as I know, uh, but, it, but, but it did happen, if you, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I do, like Rami called me up when he started reading the book. He says, um, listen, I love this. I love what you're doing and everything. But, you know, you got me wrong. I said, well, what have I, what have I gotten wrong? He said, you have me on the wrong motorbike. <laughs> and, um, and I said, well, you know, I, I, uh, he, he said, you know, it's, it is a, a, a 600 CC Suzuki, what, you know, um, but I have to tell you that my, the motorbike Rami says to me that I drive is, is, um, is automatic. And I knew it was an automatic because I'd been on the back of that bike and I used to ride bikes myself. But what I did was I gave him a bike with gears. And the reason I gave him a bike with gears, because I wanted you, the reader, uh, to feel the jolt when the word clutch comes up. Mm -hmm. So when, when he pulls the clutch, when he hits the, you know, when he goes from fifth to fourth and he pulls, you know, he do, does all these things. So actually, you know, you, you, you can, you can be on a, a, you know, a motorbike in literature and automatic is not as much fun as being on, on, on something. Another thing that I did for, for example, why, why I call it a novel is you have a, a, an Israeli and you have a Palestinian, you have a Jewish man and a Muslim man, and they meet together in a Christian monastery in Beit Jala. That monastery exists. They have seen it, but they had never been inside it together. But I brought them to, together mm -hmm. in this place because it, it works as a metaphor. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the, that's the fiction. That, 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 that's, the, that's the lie that tells the truth, if you will. Right. But you also have, the, the book is constructed in a thousand and one scenes. Some of the scenes are photographs, uh, a few. Right. Um, one of them is a black square. Yeah. And you, you, you organize it so you build up one, two, three, four, and then you come down 499, 498, etc. And you have in the middle the men's two testimonies. Right. So that they are the spindle around which everything turns. And those testimonies are what they say, right. more or less. Absolutely. They are, yes, they are verbatim. So, so there is, there's, there, are, there are moments of invention, but there are also great seams of authoritative fact. 
And as well as that, you have lots and lots and lots of small facts, small in inverted commas, they're huge facts. You explain the origin of Molotov cocktail, the history of the Kalashnikov, the reason why Israeli Defense Forces soldiers are forced when being photographed officially to stand apart so that if their photograph is used after their death, they can be clearly indicated. They can be ringed in the newspaper, which tells you something about the deep penetration of war into Israeli society. I can go on. So it's a beautifully engineered text. Did you write it in order or did you write 1,001 things and put them on the floor and go, okay, I'm going to have the Kalashnikov, I'm going to have this bit over here? Because you're also running stories in parallel. So, for instance, Bassam and his wife go to Bradford, I think, yeah. and he studies. And Narit, who is Rami's wife, goes to London. And you, you, they happened at different times, but you bring these things, you're always bringing things together that are similar. So how did you write it? I actually wrote it. I wish I could show you. I don't think I have something in my office right now, but um, uh, I wrote it almost sequentially from one to a thousand and one. It's not like I, I wrote a thousand and one sections, dropped them and then started to, 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 to put them together. The weird thing about it, Carla, was I felt like, um, you know, this was a, 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 an odd novel for me. I did not know if, if, if I could do it, not really until the very end. Um, when I got near a uh, thousand and one, uh, did I actually think, OK, but I felt like I was a, a conductor that, 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 that I was doing music and I called it little sections cantos. And, 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 and um, but I was a conductor and, and, and um, I had all these people in front of me with instruments and I'd say, OK, piano, go now. And, you know, contrabass come in here and violin. But then every now and then, you know, some some weird uh, like shaped uh, uh, instrument carried by an even weirder looking person would break in at the end of the hallway that then where and they would sit in the orchestra and demand to be played. In other words, like I would come upon things um, that, 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 that needed their, their, their own music. And the real difficulty of the novel was to integrate the music so that there was something symphonic, but also I wanted to, to be a sort of uh, contrapuntal uh, rhythm um, going on as well. So it, um, one of the things that, 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 that I kind of want to do constantly is throw the reader off a little bit. Um, and so you're thinking, oh, where did that come from? And why is that there? Because um, the one revelation I got with, with, with this book is, and it's probably every book, I'd like to ask you this, I mean, um, but I was uh, more or less halfway through the book and I didn't know who the narrator was. I'm like, who the hell is narrating the book? Is this like some, some godlike figure? Well, like that. And he's like, is it me? Well, that's kind of boring because then it's only me. Um, who is the narrator of this book? And then in, in section 1001, which sits in right in the middle of the book, um, uh, I explain uh, who the, 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 the narrator is. And I'll just give you the line because I have it here in front of me. Um, so, um, uh, to listen to the stories of Bassam and Rami and to find within their stories another story, a song of songs, discovering themselves, you and me, in the stone tile chapel where we sit for hours, eager, hopeless, buoyed, confused, cynical, complicit, silent, our memories imploding, our synapses skipping in the gathering dark, remembering while listening all of those stories that are yet to be told. And that was the clue for me. When I realized that the reader is the actual narrator of this book, it was one of those moments when I thought, okay, that's Eureka, that's, uh, I, I, I have found it. But I've since begun to wonder, is the reader the narrator of every book? Is that what we, 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 we do? Um, and, uh, you know, and why was I consciously making the, 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 the reader into, in, in, into the narrator? So if anybody reads this book um, after, this, um, uh, after this interview, uh, which I hope they will, um, they will see that they actually play it like one of those, remember those Choose Your Adventure books where you used to go mm. oh, little 10 stories and then you say, mm. go 
choose your adventure. Can you go to 69? In a certain way, you choose your adventure here uh, and you travel in lots and lots of different directions. And uh, everybody has a different experience with the book. Uh, well, yeah. I'm glad you, you picked 1001 because I said it was, the, it was the, um, the, the block. But in fact, the block is, is at 500. It's 499 oh. and it's the C. Um, and the, what, so you, I'm glad you, yeah, I'm glad you corrected me. The narrator issue is interesting because as a reader, I didn't for a single second think it was being narrated by anybody else except you. Ah, right. You were right. Shahrazad. Yeah, um, but see, but, I'm not good enough to be Shahrazad, and that's, that, <laughs> that, that, that's the thing. And see, see, and, and I always believe that that we don't we don't finish anything, and we're not as smart um, as uh, uh, as our books seem to be, and we're not as smart as uh, as 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 when eventually a book gets taken out. Like so, when you write a book, and and and, and it goes out into the world, it's the readers then who make it much smarter uh, than it is itself. I'm operating the. I mean. I would like to tell you that, oh, yeah, I knew from the beginning it was going to be in a thousand and one cantos. I knew from the beginning it could be read backwards and forwards and all these different sort of things. No, I didn't know any of that sort of stuff. Um, I'm still discovering things because people, you know, uh, people like you come along and, 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 and pierce it open for me again. So um, we're not as smart uh, as our readers actually make us much smarter uh, in the end. So I think... Uh, hopefully that 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 you know um you know the reader becomes at, at least at least they recognize the complicity that's involved here because yes. we're all in Israel, you know i me especially you know like uh, you know i live in the united states you know how much money uh, goes to you know uh you know uh, what go, what what goes on over um in the Middle East, uh, taxes, taxes and so on. In fact, at one stage, Bassam says to Senator John Kerry, he says, you murdered my daughter. And what he means by this, well, it was an American Jeep and it was an American uh, uh, rifle, an American bullet, and it was fired uh, at his daughter. And in certain ways, we're all there. In the beauties and the, you know, if you go to, Pal you, you, you've been to Palestine, right? No. No, okay. My well, wife grew up in Gaza Strip, but I've never been. Okay. Well, you, if, if you go, when you go, and, and, and inshallah you will go, the, the hospitality there is extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. And in Israel too. I mean, people, it's like, you know, it's like that um, Yatesian thing, a, a, you know, a terrible beauty is born. I was there, I felt so acutely alive all the time when I was there. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a tough place to go to. Right. One of the, so people listening to this, uh, I would hope, I would very much want to get across to them that it's got these threads. So the two principal threads are Rami and his relationship with his wife and the death of his daughter and Bassam and the relationship with his wife and the death of his daughter and all the complicated, multifaceted things that are part of their lives and part of their tragedy. And this runs all the way through the book. But then there is a whole array of other stuff. So there's stuff about Borges and his visit to Jerusalem in the 70s and the story, the Alf, the column in Cairo, I think, where you can hear all the sounds of the universe. Exactly. There's an incredible short passage about Anais Nin watching Antoine Arto give a lecture in which he pretends to be dead. Everyone leaves, um, but she stays to the end. It's just a tiny little thing. And so it's got an incredible plethora of content. It's never boring. I mean, I know that seems like, you know, Kingsley Amos said, I don't care what a book is, but it just has to be interesting. Whatever yeah. else this is, it is really interesting. And I would want readers to understand that because some people think, oh God, Israel, Palestine, they lose their daughters, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Right. What do I want to read this for? It's going to depress me. Yeah. It's harrowing, but it's also incredibly informative and rich. And because you keep clicking away to other things, everything is bearable. 
because the content is very often unbearable. Oh, yeah. What I their mean, life, what those men and their families endured was unbearable. Yeah. Oh, but, I, and I'm not I'm, saying you made it palatable. I'm saying that you get us to pay attention to it and get us to pay attention to all the things that lie around it. Um, I'm curious to know about your um, indefatigable optimism. Uh-huh. Just explain that. Well, you're, I mean, it, it, it keys into, to, in, into everything you just said. I mean, here are these men. They lose their daughters. Uh, the worst thing that can ever happen to them uh, has actually happened. They live with it every minute of every day. And somehow on that day when I met them and they told me their stories, they managed to communicate to me some form of hope. They were telling their stories and they felt that every time they told their stories, they put a crack in the wall like a tiny, tiny, tiny little crack. And Rami says over and over again, you know, if you put enough cracks in the wall, eventually it'll make a bigger crack and eventually it'll make a bigger crack. And, 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 and at a certain stage, uh, you know, uh, this will fall. Now, people can laugh at that. People can say it's airy-fairy. People can say, you know, this idea of peace, it's impossible and, 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 and we're all just fooling ourselves. And let's be dark and let's be cynical and let's sit in the corner and, 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 and talk about, you know, man's inhumanity to man. But Bassam and Rami refuse to do that. And in some ways, they align with my sense that um, there must be, um, you know, some form of hope that I would rather, you know, wear my heart on my sleeve uh, and, 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 and be berated for it, and even be humiliated for it, than to be sitting cynical and smug uh, in, in, in the corner. Because I have to believe uh, uh, that the optimist, the really good optimist uh, amongst us, uh, is a cynic too. Um, hmm. that, 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 that she or he must be so... Uh, strong that they, that, that they have to be able to deal with the cynic. They have to agree with the cynic. Yes, you're right. Yes, it's dark. Yes, it's shitty. Yes, it's this. Yes, it's that. Yes, you know, you know. And, 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 and then when, when the cynic is exhausted and has said everything that, that she or he wants to say and feels like they, that, that they've gotten it all correct, um, the optimist goes to them and says, but so what? We all know that. We all know it's dark. Uh, the, real, the real heroic thing comes in being able to vault away from the dark and to find somewhere new, which is what Rami and Bassam um, you know, call on us to do. And they, you know, they talk about like, you know, um, you know, who would have believed that in Northern Ireland there would be peace? Who would have believed that in, in, in Berlin there could be an Israeli embassy, you know, uh, 70 years after the Holocaust, or that, that in Tel Aviv there would be a, 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 a German embassy. Who could believe that the Berlin Wall uh, would, would, would fall down? That miracles actually, uh, you know, happen, and, 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 and that peace itself is um, actually an inevitability. And that both men feel that, that, you know, eventually, I mean, we might go through some, 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 some terrible stuff in order to get there, but eventually this too uh, must stop. And, um, and I think it's my responsibility um, to be reckless um, and to risk humiliation by saying that I believe it's possible that uh, you know, we have some form of hope. And, and, and guess what? Going into this novel, I was going into Israel and Palestine, man, and, 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 and you should have seen the faces of, you know, my, my, my friends and, and people who said, do you know what you're, you're, you're going to do? And I said, yeah, I know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do. Um, but um, I felt that I had to, I had to at least, you know, uh, risk it. And if I failed, I failed, you know. It's like the mm. old, what's our, our, your favorite Sam Beckett line? No matter. Uh, try again, fail again, fail try. better. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking when you were talking, and I think it was Gramsci who said this, the communist, but it might not have been, that what we need in the world is pessimism of the intellect and optimism of the will. And I think it's that combination that makes this book so spectacular. Chapter 194 or section 194 um, 
followed by 193. This section describes Rami talking to his son, Igal. And Igal is going to go into the army. And Rami, who's been worrying, is saying to him, okay, you're going in the army, so you're at the checkpoint, and it's Basam who drives along. Are you going to arrest him? And the boy has his answers. The boy basically makes... The boy is confused. He ought to be in the army. It's his duty. Yes, he knows that the army is full of fools. He knows Basam. He doesn't want to hurt Basam. And he ends by saying, there are... um, He ends... The the last thing Egal says is, he gives many reasons is for being in the army. They blew up my sister. Hmm. So all the things that he said were true, but that is also true. And then the next section you have, there were some things Rami knew to which there were no responses, not even to himself. And that seemed to me, there are many instances of this, to be the book in microcosm. Hmm. So the whole, it's not prescriptive. Actually, you need optimism of the will. It is true. Rami's daughter was murdered. And Bassam's daughter was murdered. There's just, there's no, we cannot. And they have feelings about that. And yet they are determined not to let themselves and their lives be determined by their grief. Not to drop the olive branch, in other words, on the floor, in the dust. But to try and do something and live with all the contradictions. Right. I mean, uh, for me, when, uh, watching them, I mean, uh, there was a documentary made where, 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 where Rami was talking to his son about, you know, you know, don't join, don't, don't join the army and, 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 you know, you shouldn't do this. And, and as the son was responding and I wanted to capture that um, for, 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 for the reader. And I wanted to capture all the contradictions because if you're a young Israeli, you know uh, that the, you are expected to go into the army. Uh, you know, if, if, if you don't do it, you know, you can go to jail uh, or you won't get a job afterwards or you might have to emigrate and, and all these different things. But a lot of them say, OK, I'm not going to go into the army. But then they think, you know, but oh, it's my duty. And then uh, and especially um, in this particular family, they, they, you know, um, he's, he's already he's, he's lost his sister. Um, and they have to hold the weight of all these, 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 these contradictory things. But, but see, they're not cynical. Um, I think they, that they know that they're on the right side of history. But Sam and Rami know that they are eventually on the right side of history, just like the boys themselves, Arab, Yigal, Elik, all a guy, all of these, all of these uh, young people, they know that in the long run, um, they're going to be right. In the short run, they're going to get knocked around. It's kind of like how I felt about, uh, about, the, about the novel in certain ways. I knew I was going to get a bit of a hammering um, you know, from, 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 from certain quarters, but that's okay. I mean, the hammering that I'm going to take is nothing in comparison to the hammering that, 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 that Rami and Bassam take every day, having mm-hmm. lost, having, having gone, gone through all this. So I wanted to a- a- acknowledge all that. Um, and you know, I, I learned an awful lot. I mean, I did, but I can't tell you now, uh, you know, people ask me, like, you, you go along, oh, so what, what do you think now? One state, two states, you know, eight states, federation, confederation, what do you think? And I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But, but what I do know, which is true, is that we need to know each other. And that's what Rami and Bassam say, because, you know, you go into Israel and, and, and four miles down the road, you have Bethlehem and, and you would love to bring this young Israeli person into Bethlehem to see this, you know, to go to Cafe Singer in uh, Beit Sahur, which is this really cool cafe with beautiful coffee and like, like fantastic people and like ideas and music. The young Israeli can't even imagine that a young Palestinian lives like that. They, they, they have this idea that they're going to be wearing a kefia and they're going to be you know, talking about terrorism and they're going to be doing and they want to kill each other. It's just not true. But they're not allowed to uh, know one another. And what Rami and Bassam are saying is, please allow us uh, the, the space and the dignity to know each other. And where does that happen? It happens, I think, it happens in storytelling. Um, it happens in school books. It happens in textbooks. In fact, Rami's wife, Nurit, she, she writes about um, the Israeli textbooks and how they, they, they you know, they stereotype the, 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 the Palestinian um, in so many ways. What she wants is a nuanced mosaic place, what she begs for. And, and what I think about about the United States right now, 
Lord above, give us some nuance, give us some messiness. Let let us not be red and blue. Let us be much more purple, you know. Um, and 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 I think that these two men, who are real heroes of mine, and and I think they should be candidates for the uh, Nobel Peace Prize or the and the organization that they work with, the um, the, the the parent circle should be. Um, I think that 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 if I could live my life like 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 they do every day, I would be a very 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 happy person. A very mm. happy. I had the feeling reading it that Rami is angrier than Bassam. Am I correct? Correct. And and, and I think I think Rami Rami would, um, would 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 agree with that. I mean, Rami is Israeli. You know, he's a left wing Israeli. He's seen uh, what happens to his friend. He sees. Uh, you know, Bassam having to walk through the checkpoint. He sees Bassam getting stopped in his car. He hears about Bassam's son, Arab, and, 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 and the discrimination that happens to him. He is, uh, he has that, 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 that terror that certain privileged people um, get. Um, you know, and and it's very, it's 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 to the point right now. I mean, uh, you need to think about what's happening in 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 America and people realizing, you know, about the Black Lives Matter movement and how important it 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 it, it actually is, and 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 developing an anger about um, some of the stuff that, that 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 that's going on. Rami is almost in the same sort of place, whereas Bassam, who is full of. Res- resilience and, and, and Palestinian samud, uh, which means, you know, perseverance. Um, you know, he is, you know, uh, w- while he gets kicked around more by the world, uh, he is more uh, at peace mm. uh, in, 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 in certain ways. Though both men, oh my God, they're so amazing. Like, if, if, if you get them together, and I would love to, to, to be able to go out with you and go to a restaurant with, the, with, with, with these two men and just sit with them and you watch the way uh, that they operate with each other. I saw them in uh, New York after 92nd Street Y when they got a big standing ovation and, and they sat down in this restaurant and it was a tight restaurant where, you know, like yeah, the, the table came right in. in yeah. close. It was raining outside and they were both trying to take off their jackets. And 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 Bassam is smaller and sort of more agile and sort of took off his jacket pretty easily. And Rami was having a hard time taking off his jacket. And and Bassam reached across like this and just sort of gently took off his um uh his, his jacket and whispered to him, he says, um, Rami, haven't the Jews suffered enough? <laughs> and then Rami just put his head on Bassam's shoulder and laughed, because it's their own private little joke, you know. Uh and 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 but that's the way and 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 they they have no qualms saying that they love each other. They really do. They love one another. Um and uh you know they, they are family to one another and the idea of their stories is family to uh, the rest of the world. You know, they go to Northern Ireland. They, mm-hmm. they, they they go and they talk. They go to Scotland. They go to they go to they go to London. I mean, um, I'm hoping that when, if and when all this uh, all this the, the, this stuff blows over, um, and we no longer have to wear masks, and we can actually go, uh, you know, sit with one another, that I get a chance to go again on the road with Rami and Bassam, uh, because I did a little bit of it in in, in February in, in in the United States. And it was it was a laugh. It was such a laugh to 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 be with them. And so for for men who've suffered such terrible things, they also have a great sense of humor and fun. I mean, one of the things—it's just a small thing, which I hadn't really appreciated—was the degree of really quite vicious vilification organized both by government and state and by the press that Rami and his wife Nurit have to endure. It's yeah. really, and other people have yeah. to endure it as well. Vanonu, for instance. Yeah. It's, it's, you sort of go, really? Do people really say those things and publish yeah. them? Does Bassam have equivalent antagonism from uh, his people? Not as much. I mean, uh, no, there, the, the, um, you know, Bassam, he was in Fatah. He did his seven years in prison. You know, uh, he talks about the occupation. He says, we will not, we will not stop until the occupation stops. He's very, he's, you know, he, uh, and, 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 and he has the moral weight 
uh, frankly, of 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 having lost um, someone, you know, like like having having he has the moral weight of of of, of bereavement. See, you know, don't talk to me, don't call me a collaborator. I'm not a collaborator. You know, I lost my child. That is not collaboration. I did not collaborate in order to to you know to 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 lose a mem- my ten year old girl. He talks in those forceful ways, and and he is loved for it. Uh, whereas Rami um, in Israeli society is more on, on on the edge, and he gets a lot of this stuff, uh, you know, very pejorative stuff. Uh, you know, you you know, you love Arabs, and 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 they say it in much more pejorative mm. ways. Yeah, than yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Than, than what I'm saying now. And 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 uh, so 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 Rami in in, in a way um, is 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 more of an outlaw than 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 than, than Bassam happens to be. But their friendship. Their friendship is the true outlaw thing. It's amazing to me, Carlo. I mean, why can't they be friends? I mean, we know stuff about the North and Catholics, Protestants, whatever, um, and how difficult it was, you know, uh, growing up in the 70s, 60s and 70s and, 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 you know, looking across divides. But in Israel and Palestine, this is a complete uh, sort of aberration apart from, you know, a small number of people who, you know, they look across and say, you're the same as me. Uh, you know, uh, let's break b- bread and, and and my kids need to know your kids and my kids need to know Arabic and, and, and Hebrew, whatever. Uh, and, and if we do so, we can we, we, we can maybe live in the same place. Oh, my gosh. Do you get called sentimental for that? Of course you do. Uh, mm. Do you get called colonial for that? Of course you do. Do you get called like all, all these things? But, you know, in the end, they're right. In the end, history will prove them right and look back on them and say, you know, they, they were the ones who were going for it. And there's lots of people like that. There's so many great peace organizations uh, in, 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 say, in, in Israel. The Israelis are not uh, some sort of monolith. You think about the women in black, mm-hmm. uh, the Masham women, the, the checkpoint women who go along to the checkpoints and they say, you know, they, 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 they observe this. You think about the guys from Breaking the Silence, you know, the soldiers who talk about their experience as soldiers. Oh, my gosh. Are they vilified? Yes. That's the, kid, the people from Beth Selim who are doing like extraordinary things saying, you know, this is wrong. We need to stand up against it. And there's so much going on also in uh, Palestinian society. Uh, people who are prepared to say, say our, our leaders are corrupt. The money is, is is disappearing. We're not, you know, uh, we're not being led in, in in proper ways. The ability to criticize, uh, you know, that's the essence of the sort of democratic um, instinct. And by the way, Rami and Bassam are are, are ready and willing to criticize uh, one another, which is kind of kind of an amazing thing to see uh, as well. Yeah. I, I, one of the ways, I mean, there are many ways in which the book defends itself against the charge of sentimentality or, you know, whatever. But um, there is an enormous amount of detail in it, for instance, about the lives of the men who kill Smadar with explosive um, and how they get the explosive and what they do. And how they, all of that has gone into. There is an incredible amount of detail about the um, killing of a beer. The focus there is more on the hospitals and what happens to her because she's alive after she's been hit by the rubber bullet. She doesn't die on the spot. But one of the things that I was curious about as I was reading the book, does the Sam know the identity of the Israeli Defense Force soldier who shot his daughter? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. It's it's not in the book. Right. Well, I mean, it's... It's sort of, uh, sort of suggested it's there. It's suggested, yes, when he talks about living in a flat with his mother. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and he does say to him at one stage, you know, you are the victim here. I'm not the uh, victim. Because uh, he takes, he goes to court, doesn't he? Yes. He goes, and, and, and amazingly, amazingly, he wins. That doesn't, that, that, that doesn't happen, uh, you know, very often at all. But um, Bassam is a force, for, for, force of nature. He was not uh, a, a, about to give up. But this guy who's known as YA um, in the book is, is, is there. And Bassam really feels that. He says, you know what, uh, you know, yes, he took my daughter, but he is the victim here. He is the victim and he will, he will always be the victim until, you know, he, 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 uh, you know, he actually says, I did this. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and 
So that's um, that that that's an extraordinary thing for him to sort of stand up and and and, and engage in in even in Israeli society uh, for Bassam to do so. By the way, Bassam also even went to uh, the IPAC, you know, the conservative um, conference of you know, and 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 talk about weathering the storm. Talk about people like like standing. I think he pr- practices a sort of intellectual aikido. Like people say things to him, and and he sort of like like knocks them aside and, 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 and takes the energy of some of this hatred and turns it into something else. Um, it's, it's kind of an extraordinary thing um, to watch. I think a lot of the great peacemakers um, do that. I mean, I suppose, didn't Martin Luther King have elements where he, he, he could, he, you know, he could take what the enemy was saying and turn it into something that would be, you know, uh, designed for peace. Uh, it's a pretty... Mm-hmm. Um, a pretty um, tough thing to do, uh, to love your enemy. Um, mm. But, um, you know, both of these men happen to do it. They are really quite extraordinary people. It did strike me that there's an interesting difference. Rami, Rami knows and knows that people know what was done. And we're clear about it. I mean, some people think it's a good idea to um, set off explosives in the street. And some people think it's a bad idea, but it's all very, it's, 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 we can agree on it. In Bassam's case, there are people out there, and he knows that they're out there, who don't regard it as killing. Yeah. It was, they actually really believe that the Israeli um, jeep was being stoned and they felt frightened. And uh, what, she was a 13 year old, no, 12 year old girl, nine year old girl, 10 year old girl. And that they were frightened and, you know, and that he's, he, it remains the case that in society, there are some people, not many, not, not a huge number, but some people who go, well, you know, yeah, it had to happen. You, you hit on something, some, something really interesting that I'd almost forgotten about, Carlo, because, um, you know, um, this is a real story. We talked about fact. We talked about fiction. And one of the things that, that, that bothered me in the beginning is that, um, you, know, um, you know, I knew if I was going to tell the story, Rami's daughter w- was going to die to a, to, to, to a suicide bombing. Now, there hasn't been a suicide bombing um, in, in, in Israel for, uh, for, 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 for quite a while. But it's sort of considered, you know, the, 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 the worst form of killing that, 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 can ha- that, that can happen. And then Bassam's daughter, you know, she gets a rubber bullet in the back of the head. And that sort of happens, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, fairly, fairly regularly. And it can be supposedly nebulous, supposedly a mistake, you know, all these sort of things. And I worried about that, um, you know, because was I drawing a line here? And even though I was telling the, the truth, would people perceive it to be? And it's one of the things that, that, that as I work, as I worked through it, I tried. To, I, I tried to, you know, um, have as much weight be, be, be belong to the, the outrage of, of of each of the uh, each of the killings, and also, I didn't want the book to be balanced either. I mean, balance, <laughs> you know, balance, yeah. is, balance is a problem. You know, I, I I do know, like like they both know. One person is 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 a you know um you know a uh, an occupier. The other person is occupied. There is not necessarily the same. You can't just here we go. There's no equivalence. And man, that was that that was one of the things that 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 I was very conscious of as well. And the, the whole colonial idea, the colonial instinct. Um, but in the end, in the in the end, what you do, what I do is. Uh, you know, we we hope what poets do, or what 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 most people do. We hope that we're being honest. We hope that we got we 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 get it right, and we try. We break our hearts in order to uh, to 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 get it as honest as we possibly possibly can. Uh, and 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 if you do that, then you can stand up afterwards. I can stand up. I promise you, I can stand up ten years from now and say this was the book that I was meant to write. I'm glad I wrote it, and uh, and nothing will take that. Nothing will take that mm. away from me. Nothing at all. I mean, I think we should also draw readers' attention to something else in the book, which is the your your indefatigable deconstruction of language, the use bracket misuse <laughs> bracket of language. So you, 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 you often start chapters with the, the different terms that are used to describe something. Uh, the, t- the idea of the rubber bullet gets quite a deconstruction. I mean, a rubber bullet is anything but 
No. But you're, you're, it, it's extraordinarily acute as a book on the way people use language in order to minimize, divert, hypnotize, mesmerize, to make the truth go away. Um, so it's, a, it's, it's not only a book that engages with the story of these two men and their friendship and what happened to them and their terrible experience, but it's also a, a book about the way the world engages, but also uses language not to engage with pain. Thank you so much for saying that. And, you know, you think about the wall, the separation, yeah. the peace, whatever it happens to be. But this was a big thing in my decision uh, to call it a paragon. And God bless my publishers yes. allowing yeah. me to do so. And a paragon is a shape with a countably infinite number of sides. But this is a word like that. Only, I only ever met two people who knew what it was. I stumbled upon it myself years and years ago, put it in my back pocket thinking, "Ooh, that's an interesting word. Maybe somehow I can use it. But they were brave enough to allow me to 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 call it a pair. But because you know, when we have something that's countably infinite, we're actually talking about language. We're actually talking about mm. language itself, and and how language gets manipulated, and how they push us into in, 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 into various corners. And then, how do you get at the truth? I mean, um, this is what the poets do. This is what the good journalists do. You know, this is what the playwrights do. They somehow pick the right word. And they place it down on the page in the right order that somehow it makes the reader, it gives the reader that frisson of, 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 of delight where they, they knew, they, they're aware of something that they didn't even know was, was within them. You know, this is what great language does. It, it makes you feel something, but you didn't know that you could ever feel it or had ever felt it before. Mm -hmm. And then once you've done it, it's with you for uh, the rest the rest of your life. You know, you think of the great poets, that's what they do, the Seamus Heaney's of the world. Uh, they made us alive in a time, in a body, in a geography that was not, uh, not all our own. So, um, mm -hmm. and that's what the, you know, uh, we're, we're celebrating Irish writers now this week, yeah? Um, there's, there's a lot of great Irish writing going on, especially amongst the younger generation. I look around, I'm not going to name names, but but because, you know, you always end up like, you know, um, leaving people out. Yeah. There are so many, like, fantastic young Irish writers on 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 the up and up. It's um, it's it's it, it's it's fun to 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 watch it. And you can be Irish anywhere. You can be like London. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I I feel entirely Irish. I'm here. Uh, I have two passports. But uh, you know, if I you have a gun to my head, what are you? I'm I'm Irish. Your passport's green. So the, you so I mean. The Near East or the Middle East is an aparagon. The novel is also an aparagon. It's got all these multifacets, but it's also full of bedrock truth. That's the thing that I would want more than anything listeners to this podcast to come away. And I'm going to end by, well, nearly end by talking about chapter, section, mosaic tile, number 178. I nearly fell off my chair when I read this. One of the primary conditions of aid from the United States under the Economic Support Fund and foreign military financing laws designed to promote political and economic stability in areas key to US interest is that Israel is not allowed now or at any other time to produce weapons of mass destruction. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. this is... This fact lies inside an account of the Nanu and the development of by Israel of its of its of its nuclear deterrent. That's right. And That's... you go if you read this, you think, really? Well, I'm sure the Americans do have that rule. Yeah. How do they possibly square that rule from what we know to be the case? The Nanu has told us. Can you explain this? Now, Venano has told us, he has shown us, I mean... Um, he photographed you know, it. He photographed it. The Israeli le leaders have basically admitted, uh, 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 admitted to it. But, you know, there, there, there are so many curtains behind which, uh, you know, the, 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 the people say, say, say things. I mean, there's curtain after curtain after curtain after curtain. And we can fool ourselves into believing all sorts of things. Uh, Venano knows the ultimate truth. Um, and, you know, um, you know, 
there, 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 there are things in the world. In fact, I, I attribute a line to, to Nareet and she, where she says, and even the myth, uh, and we think, we think the myths are startling. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, the myths are startling, but sometimes the bare bones down home truth is even more startling. And that's one of those things that's just even more startling. Um, you know, what goes on in the name of politics is, uh, is, is sort of truly, truly unbelievable. That's why we've got to get to the elemental human core, the beating heart of, uh, of Rami and Bassan uh, and their daughters. You've got to make them alive and then we can begin to understand all these other facts that are around them. If you get told the fact, it sort of like disappears out of your head. Um, but the beauty of fiction is that it allows the facts to, to, to sort of pulsate in a, in, a, in a new and sort of profound way, I think. Mm-hmm. Also, this is a model of organizational, well, genius, frankly. It's, there's just an extraordinary array of stuff. And my mother wanted me to give you her love. Oh so there God. you go. So, shall we say thank you very well? I'm going to say thank you very much. Well, listen, that was, that, that was incredible. And, and, and um, you know, uh, I hope to see you soon. Yes, I hope, I hope everything goes swimmingly. <laughs>